she's alive. Alive! What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Ghoul Gang. I'm Grace, and I'm the only one here this week, which is cool. So I figured we'd do a special listener story episode. Might be a little shorter than usual, but I wanted to give you something this week to kick off the fall spooky season. I feel like I sound a lot more stupid when I'm by myself, but hey, whatever. So, I actually have a few really good long listener stories for you guys this week, and I'm just going to jump right in. So, this one is from Olivia S. Alright, so when I was about 12, peak hormone and poltergeist age, apparently. That's right, like when girls go through puberty, they say that's when all that stuff starts to happen. All the paranormal poltergeisty stuff when girls flower. Ew. Okay, so she said, I live with my mom, her husband, and my two half-sisters in a house that was close to 100 years old when we moved in. Like all of the old houses in the area, it was originally student housing that had been converted, but you could still tell because it had a full bath on each floor and the bedrooms had two separate closets. Well, One night, I was up way past my bedtime playing with this handheld Neopets game. All right, throwback Neopets. Uh, When I started hearing pacing footsteps going back and forth in front of my door. Oh, girl. Now, I was the only one who slept upstairs since my sisters were still young and refused to sleep in their room. So I knew it wasn't one of them leaving their room and trying to freak me out. Finally, I couldn't stand it anymore and timed for the footsteps to go into my sister's room so I could bolt downstairs to the room everyone else was sleeping in. Girl, you were brave to be sleeping upstairs by yourself. Yikes. Um, I curled up at the foot of the bed trying not to wake anyone and listen. No lie, the footsteps came heavy down the stairs down the hall, and pushed the door open just to crack. I even remember hearing feet on the floor, of the old floor grate in front of the bedroom. I had just pretended to be asleep, and finally I heard it go back upstairs. When I woke up the next morning, I had pretty much forgotten everything that had happened until I went upstairs to get dressed for school. It all came rushing back when I found my sizable porcelain doll collection Uh uh-oh, Ellie, Uh, face down on the floor as if they had fallen from their shelf. However, I hadn't heard any of them fall, and none of them were broken. A few of them that had detachable hats even still had their hats on. It was like they had been placed face down in a line. Nope, I would have noped right out of there, thrown out all those dolls, I'm sorry. There are a few other things that had happened around that time, like sometimes it would sound like someone was throwing stuff around in the upstairs bathroom, but you'd check and everything would be fine. But this was by far the weirdest and the hardest event for me to explain. Um, yeah, I'll say. 
Thanks a lot, Olivia, for furthering our fear of porcelain dolls. I'm never, ever getting Harper one, by the way. So, this next one comes from Nicole G. My best friend and I were having a sleepover when we were about 13 or 14. We thought that it would be fun to sleep in her parents' RV that was parked in their fenced-in backyard. Man, cool. (laughs) So her dad ran an extension cord from the garage to power it up. I mean, that's kind of awesome, but also kind of creepy. We plugged in a CD player for some music and settled in. We decided that we that would be the perfect time to try automatic writing and use the Ouija board. Mm, yeah, no, probably not. Uh, the automatic writing was a bust, so we switched to the Ouija board and started asking the standard questions like, anyone there and who are you? We got an answer, though 15 years later, neither of us can remember exactly what it was, but it transitioned into us being sarcastic and taunting the board. Ooh, girl, you know you're in trouble then. Don't taunt the board. That's when the CD player that we were listening to turned off, along with the rest of the power to the RV. We ran into the house, and she told her dad, who went to check it out. The lights in the garage that was powering the RV were on, and the extension cord was still plugged in, so he couldn't find a reason why the power would have went out. Needless to say, we slept in the house that night. Yeah, that's probably smart call. Um, My friend had a few experiences in that house, and her parents had actually seen an apparition. Sometimes my friends would be hanging out in her room and would suddenly feel a presence. She'd scream as a reflex, and the feeling would be gone. Other times, she'd be laying on the bottom bunk of her bed, reading a book, and she'd feel water splash in her face, what? I've never heard of that one. That's nuts. Uh, in the middle of the night one night, both her mom and dad saw a man standing by the closet in their bedroom. It's always by the closet. Always. Of all the things, he was wearing a very retro powder blue tuxedo and a ruffled shirt. Like in uh, Dumb and Dumber. Thinking about it now, both of us realize that it might have been the spirit that ruined our party in the RV that night. I mean, like, the RV does kind of make me think of the 70s, which is when, you know, those ruffled pastel tuxedos were in. But, uh, yikes, Nicole. That's a good one. Thanks for sharing. I was always a fan of camping in the backyard, but we always ended up coming inside. I feel like that's pretty universal. Let me know if you guys have ever made it, like, a full night sleeping in in your backyard in a tent or... In this case, an RV. So this next one comes from Toria D. And she says, I have a secondhand Ouija board story for you. Oh, you guys in these Ouija boards, you know how we feel. Although, I did just buy a pair of Ouija board socks from Target. (laughs) Which, I don't know if it's like more disrespectful or less, but eh, we'll figure it out. I'll let you know when I wear them. Um, So, Toria... My dad is the youngest of four children, and there's a five-year age break between each of the kids. That's some good family planning. Uh, He was totally the runt of the litter, and his older siblings always picked on him and never let let him hang out with them. Oh, poor dad. 
One day in the middle of winter in Chicago, Schiller Park to be exact, I know that place, uh, my dad's oldest sibling and only brother came to the house with a Ouija board. My dad was about eight at the time, so his brother was 23. Well, that's a big, yeah, big age gap. His brother, Butch, oh my God, like Amityville Horror Butch. And I think he was like 23. Okay. Uh, He wanted to test out the board with his sisters, but wouldn't let my dad play along. Well, in this case, it probably worked out for your dad, because no thank you. Uh, His older siblings set up the board in one of the bedrooms and locked the door to keep my dad out. My dad was a little too young to know exactly what the board was, but they were a full-fledged Catholic family, so he knew it was something that he shouldn't be messing with. (laughs) Same, girl. Same. After a while, Butch storms out of the bedroom with the board, swearing and yelling at the top of his lungs and kicking things around the house. My dad's sisters are yelling at him to calm down, but he books it outside, grabs lighter fluid from the shed, no, 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 throws the board in the snow, douses it with lighter fluid, and sets it alight. Never do that! Haven't you seen any scary movie ever? Don't burn the board. You're closing the gate. Oh, gosh. This is why people need a horror education, and we are here to give it to you. I'm saying we like there's another person here. My cat's to my right, so he counts. Um, uh, he then walked up to my dad and tells him something along the lines of, those boards are bullshit and you better stay the hell away from them. The next morning, my dad goes outside to check on the state of the board. The entire thing had turned to ashes, except for the part that said Ouija on it. My dad was rightfully spooked and still never touched a board for himself. He forbid them from our house, and even though I'm not a practicing Catholic, I do have the fear of God instilled in me, and I've never worked up the courage to go near one either. (laughs) I love it. Our parents' upbringing can still, yeah, okay. Um, my dad asked my aunts about why Butch got so upset about the board. They told him he asked it a question and didn't like the answer, but refused to tell him what the question was. Strangely enough, my dad is the only living sibling left. Whoa. All of his siblings passed well before their time. Butch at the age of 45 and his sisters in their early 60s. Wow. I never got to meet Butch, but apparently I would have loved him. I've been tempted to use a board a few times to reach out to him, but I know I'd get a ghostly slap on the back of the head from him, <laughs> and my aunts were even considering it. You're damn right, he hates that shit. He'd be like, girl, let go. Don't don't use this. Uh, sorry that this doesn't have a satisfying resolution, but I thought you ghouls might appreciate it anyway. Creep it real tours. That one is Awesome. And you're totally right. Do not use one, especially to contact your your uncle because he'll he'll raise some hell for you. Um so this last one is a long run from um from Blaine, who has been a longtime follower. Um he's known as Nightmarish Necromantic Nico on Instagram. He posts really cool, creepy content and you should give him a follow. Um, he said, hey guys, big fan of the podcast and thanks for sharing my Instagram page's content. 
I'm a big fan and really enjoyed the last or the last podcast about the movie Hereditary. So this was sent a while ago. Sorry, Blaine. Uh, anyways, I see it asks for our ghost stories, and I have been looking into and reading about for a few years now. So I'm from Canada, currently living in Saskatchewan, but my mother lives in Alberta on a farm in the smallest town ever called LaCorrie. So this area is very busy because of oil field lots, or because of an oil field. So lots of very large trucks and workers from all over the country staying for work and then leaving for half the year. So it's like a, you know, a seasonal place. Uh, anyway, there is a town called Fort Kent near where my mom lives and is currently very small and known for having two strippers on Wednesday night referred to as peelers by the local rig pigs. (laughs) Rig pig. Oh, man. That's a good one. Uh, anyway, there are two larger towns on both sides. Bonneville, known for drugs small town turned bigger from the oil boom, and Cold Lake. Three small towns near a lake turned into one bigger town known for its military air force base. I like that you're giving us a geographical lay of the land. I appreciate that. Um, uh, but the, oh, so the event I wanted to bring up was the Fort Kent Massacre, but the problem is there isn't much information on it, nor is there much written down about it, so this is my rough oral lesson from what I've learned or read. So this may not be 100% factual. Boy, you know we don't care. Since Bonneville locals either don't want to talk about it or deny that it ever happened. Um, And they say that it's an urban legend that kids tell to creep each other out and Fort Kent people are completely oblivious to. I mean, isn't that what this podcast is all about? Am I right? Okay, so <laughs> so the start of the story, I must explain what a Wendango is. It is usually an aboriginal poem used to explain a cabin fever, but with more supernatural side effects. I can't, I don't know why I thought a Wendango. I'm thinking of a dingo, like that dingo ate my baby, <laughs> but a Wendango. I can't find the original poem or I'd include it, but it pretty much stated that long winters, being starved and going crazy will cause people to turn to cannibalism, and they are known for removing their eyelids and lips and becoming stronger than your average human. In Aboriginal culture, it is a great sin to eat the flesh of humans, and it makes you sick with power and becomes a wild animal. You you know, I think it's probably frowned upon in most cultures, but uh, this is a little more intense. Um, Many people believe different things, but the area is mainly Cree, though the original story is from the Algonquin tribes. Uh, The creature is both explained as a giant monster and also as a man. So this kind of reminds me of like the Skinwalkers episode that Jen and I were talking about. Uh, which is also uh, Aboriginal. Well, not we call them native here in the States. So he claimed he could see red eyes watching him. So got a man to hold up in a barn overnight and ambush the creature. 
The next morning, everyone was dead, and the town died off because all the males had mysteriously died that night. Whoa! So they tried again and built a new town of Fort Kent just miles away from the original town, and then nobody knows what happened. Everyone supposedly disappeared without a trace. Fun side note, kids in Cold Lake say that you can find the main street of buildings on some farmer's land, and if you go at night and shut off your car, slowly the fog on your car mirrors will be crowded with handprints said to be the lost souls of the town. I love that shit. I've never actually seen this lost town, nor did the car thing, or nor did I do the car thing, but there's a documentary called The Lost Town of Fort Kent, which they supposedly explore it, but I never got my hands on a copy. Um, I'm gonna try, and I'll let you know. (laughs) Alright, so far, two massacres, and they try to resettle again, and at the original standing of Fort Kent where it exists today. So in World War I, a doctor and his wife came over from England because they were sick of the war, and the doctor's name is Thomas Burton. He wanted to settle on the Cold Lake military base, but the second best option was 20 minutes drive away at Fort Kent. So this is where people fight about what really happened and there's no credible sources. And events are either put as a natural sickness or a massacre. A story I've read and heard multiple times is that the doctor's wife got scarlet fever and died, causing the doctor to go crazy and become a recluse. Supposedly, the original farmer who put together the trap that died mysteriously had some simple name like John Smith or something. I can't find it anymore. John Smith is probably the most simple name. Oh, and so that night, the doctor went out and killed everyone but 11 people, making a shrine of dead bodies to his dead wife. And the second story that is used to deny this is that a plague of rats invaded the town and gave everyone smallpox. Or I thought uh, rats were known for the bubonic plague, but, you know, let's not... uh, split hairs here so google the fort kent massacre uh i'm definitely going to thanks for giving my ghost story a listen and i can't wait for more episodes of the ghoul gang thanks for following my instagram and giving my posts a share um from blaine york aka blaine strange i like that blaine strange well that's all i have for you guys for this week thanks for tuning in for this little mini episode of ghost stories from listeners uh we always appreciate it (laughs) in terms of what i've watched recently ellie and i tried to watch mandy on saturday night but knowing us we talked through most of it and of course couldn't follow it because it is insane so i'm gonna have to give it another go um probably on my own For those of you who have seen it, please let me know what you think. Other than that, yeah, that's pretty. Oh, I started Marcella on Netflix, which is awesome. It's more of a true crime show, but it's super good. Like she has blackouts and and doesn't remember where she is. And she has to kind of like retrace what happened. And did she murder somebody? Maybe. I don't know. So we'll figure that one out. 
we're really looking forward to doing some haunted house reviews. Uh, haunted houses are starting to open up around the Chicagoland area. Some are already open, I believe. Um, I've got my haunted house decorations outside. Um, finally, now that it's the first day of fall, or it was a couple days ago, so I was finally allowed by my husband to put them outside. <laughs> I also, like, do you ever walk around your neighborhood and you, like, wait for someone else to put theirs up first? And then you're like, oh, okay, I'm good. So that's what I did. Obviously, there will be many pumpkin patch visits in the near future. Um, so stay tuned for lots of fun content coming your way. Um, Hopefully, we'll be doing some of these mini episodes mixed in with our bigger episodes. You'll be hearing from... Ellie and Caroline and Jen and many more. So um, follow us on Instagram at the Ghoul Gang Podcast, or that one's just Ghoul Gang Podcast, and then on Twitter at Ghoul Gang Pod 666. You can find everything on our website at theghoulgangpodcast.com and uh, give us a rating and review on iTunes. That would really mean a lot to us. We haven't gotten any new ones in a while. Um, and as always, please keep sending us your ghost stories so we can keep doing these episodes. I really, really love them. And if, if you read or if you sent in one of these stories, um, send me a direct message on Instagram so I can credit you in our post. All right, guys, creep it real. Have a great week. Bye. I was working in the lab late one night When my eyes beheld an eerie sight For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the mash He did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash He did the mash It caught on in a flash He did the mash He did the monster mash.